This podcast is made possible thanks to our supporters on Patreon. A big thank you goes out to Adnan Isel, owner of Isellers Estate Winery. You can visit them at 615 Concession 5 Road in Niagara-on-the-Lake, or check out their website at isellers.ca. Find out how you can support us, like Adnan, by visiting patreon.com slash twoguystalkingwine. You're listening to Two Guys Talking Wine with Michael Pincus and Andre Pru. Hey, Michael. Andre, time to drink some wine. You know what? I still can't believe that we completely lost control of our podcast. Um, when we Every had this time this guy gets on, we lose complete control of... We do lose control of the podcast. I don't know why, but it just happens that way. But it, it feels like in past podcasts, we've at least managed to like hold the wheels on with one hand. Um Wheels came right off this time. No, I think they started right from the beginning, yep. right from the very get-go, because he wanted to talk about one thing. Uh, he didn't have the wines he wanted to talk about, so we had to go elsewhere. <laughs> uh, so we're talking about our annual uh, recording session with Thomas Bachelder. These podcasts are always wildly popular and some of our most listened to of the year. Uh, we actually got three in the can this time talking to Thomas, and I'm not sure. I think this is probably the second one that's coming out because of the the bombshell tasting room announcement he made uh, when we were trying to talk about Burgundy. Yes. Um, But uh, we are going to have Thomas back because he wants to talk more about Burgundy with us, but we're going to force him to talk about where he is with his history as well, because it's important we capture that. But he actually came fully equipped with vintage milk bottles and six bottles of uh, Bordeaux-style wines correct some from ontario some from elsewhere and he wanted to see if the age and it all stood up and i guess we tasted and he tried to stump us and this is what yeah, happened we, yeah yeah here's what happened so andre i'm i'm i would like to say i am thrilled to have this person back and i am don't don't get me wrong but i finally figured out what was going on and, um, and what's that? I well, can't wait so you can tell me. Well, <laughs> I'm sure everybody's now figured out who we've got. But yeah. uh, it came to me uh, in the shower. I do a lot of thinking while I'm in the shower because I can't write anything down. And that's where my best ideas come from. So that's not a fancy way of saying you're doing it while you're pooping. No, no. It's, it actually is in the shower because I can't actually write anything down in the shower. And then I'm like, get out of the shower. And I'm like, I need a pen. You don't have, usually don't have a pen in the bathroom. So you're like, ah. But it came to me the other day. Uh, you had talked to me off mic about a podcast that you had heard yes. with Thomas Batchelder. Yes. With a guy out of Kevin Ireland. Ecock. Kevin Ecock, great writer. Kevin Ecock's Wine Pod, a great writer in uh, Ireland. And you said it was like a 30, 40 minute talk with Thomas, and he was on point, totally, you know, synced and, and up. And Thomas, you were a great ambassador for Canada on that podcast as oh, well. I That's good. I mean, Kevin Ecock's a great guy. Ireland's yeah, he so is. But you, but, you, but you said he was right on point. And then I thought about the so far the two two podcasts that we've done with Thomas. Yes, and he rambles <laughs> on. Oh, we've know. done three with Thomas. You forgot about our, our what was supposed to be um, the quick introduction of the closure. Oh yeah, that the turned into, the po- yes. Thomas, you gave us a half hour of, of hard Niagara philosophy on that. Correct, so, I remember that. That was so. Good. Then there, and then we've also done a couple of stump the chumps with him. Uh, so we we obviously love having Thomas on. But whenever we talk, you know the. Um, his history, we end up rambling down the road and going off on these crazy tangents as we go. And I thought, 
I know what it is. Finally, I think Thomas likes being on the podcast. Like I really think he I, he likes the podcast. He likes the post podcast barbecue. No, the post podcast. Listen, I look forward to the post podcast barbecue, and too. that's why he wants to keep this going. That's right. And Kevin Ecock's an amazing guy, and I'd love to go back on his again. But he didn't but, give you a barbecue. That's it. And the, no, but you, you, the witty repartee of you guys, and then the, we never know where it's going to go. Also, partially because of you, and I think that's wonderful, and it makes it fun. So I work all year to have an interesting enough wine life to be able to be <laughs> to asked back. To talk again. About. So what happened is we were, we said, all right, come on back. We, we're we're going to have you in. We're going to do a little bit of. We're going to do a little stump the chump. As we usually do, we're going to do a little bit of your history, and then you show up with a with a box of wine, and you basically <laughs> well a box yeah a box with bottles of wine box in it. Of not a, not of wine. boxed wine not boxed wine but a, and basically you've now bogarted on the stump the chump by doing I don't even know what you're doing here so, so why don't you tell what me what I'm doing is displaying my collection of ancient milk bottles that I use for decanters they don't let, let as much air in as a big flat why do you one. have Old milk jugs. I like the look of them. They don't. People think they all look the same, but like people, they're all built different. This isn't one here. We have four classic old ones here from different dairies that I found, and uh, I found these Cabernet Sauvignons, some of which may be from Ontario in my cellar. And I just, uh, since you guys, you know, I think part of these podcasts is we're not only talking about Thomas Edward, we're trying to figure out the wine world in real time because we're all wine geeks. And, like, we spent an inordinate amount of time talking about New Zealand and why they went to screw cap and how we reacted as a result, you know. Yeah, because that was when we were talking about your sugar cane cork that you, yeah. you brought. Oh, yeah. yeah. Are you still convinced that, that that's, like, a wave of the future? I like the blasted apart corks the best, the DMs, no, DMs. Yeah. Yeah. neutral corks. They're the best. So have you gotten away from the sugar cane cork? No, I, I use it. You know, it's also, but it's like, they're less available here in Ontario, so. I, but the sugar cane ones look a little plasticky. They're, they're like plastic made from plants. But they're still sort of plastic. I guess that's it. It is know? still plastic, and I know that uh, a gentleman by the name of Vincenzo uh, Di Simone, who's got a little winery on on, on Highway Fifty Five, yeah, 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 he's using that. And I think some restaurants told him we're not, we, we don't want the plastic, and he said no, it's plant based, and they, they it's plastic to us. I know it's sugar. So now I know that. Thankfully, he's going to move on to either a DM or a, a proper cork because his, his Cab Franc is delicious. Well, and the other one who told me about the the New Pro. Corks, neutral corks, neutral corks, which is, uh, I mean, if you're in the winemaking business, they are a fraction of the price of the DMs. And I bottled 2,000 bottles of Chardonnay under those corks and haven't had a single that issue. That may explain right. why I didn't like that Chardonnay. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and the third one is Vink, V I N C or Vink Plus. They all have a regular and then a plus range that has every cork inspected, so it will not be corky. Really? So I buy the non inspected ones and I still never get a corky one, right? But, and but it's th- just insane what those, what those costs are. I mean, good on them for kind of cornering the market for, you know, creating a high quality closure that's still. Maintains that romanticism of popping the bottle, right? So, what have you got? You, so, you what we've got here, here, yeah, what we've got here is I, I noticed I had a collection of Meritage or Cabernet Sauvignon or Merlot, and uh, in my cellar that I don't drink that often, and I love them, and I think Ontario is, can is do it. Is it because you're too busy drinking Pinot it and is, Chardonnay and Gamay now too? Yeah. So I'm very, very busy, and I have no time for this stuff. No time. No, <laughs> Wait, but so I have no great time admiration for it. So now that you're getting onto Gamay, are you spending any time in Beaujolais these days? I'm going to go to Beaujolais next year for sure. So here comes around number one of five. Okay. And they're all decanted into milk bottles. So the milk bottles are, 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 are fat-bottomed, but not as fat as a real decanter. And um, 
I think what I wanted to do with this, because we're all such big cheerleaders for Ontario, I think I wanted just to see if we could spot Ontario in here. So this is not a stump to chumps. It's a, just a wine geekery thing on air. If only we could share these bottles with your listeners. Um, yeah, the so nose let's start on this with, first one's great. No, it's great. That's it's really a great tasty. Nose. Oh. So uh, when you are going to Beaujolais, you're going to take Andre and I with you. Is that correct? Of course. Yes, yeah, in my baggage. That's why, yeah. Okay, i I got to get down to, to baggage weight. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what baggage weight is these days. We're like, I'm a slightly over. fighting weight. I got to get down to baggage weight. <laughs> uh, that's a good one. Never heard of that. But you know, the. Um, what's that? 40, 40 42 kilos. kilos. Yeah, 42, 42 kilos. kilos. Yeah. So what's that in pounds? Uh, Six, 60 or 70. I want to name this first digression. The reason I started <laughs> making Gamay was because I just went down to the Mackinac to get my grapes for the Saint Ferrand. You know, I was making in in Burgundy, and I'd see my friends go down at the same time from Burgundy and buy little plots of, of Gamay grapes. Yeah. And I noticed that I was fighting everybody up here for Pinot grapes because you have people like Cloudsley and uh, lots of other places, Kevin Panagapka, us, that are making Pinot and Chardonnay. But then you have the established wineries who have Pinot plantings who also are buying in. So it's hard to get Pinot. It's hard to get Gamay. But if you get both, you have another Burgundy Red in your cellar. That's the first uh, Cabernet or oh, it's Cabernet. It's that you call Gamay uh, Burgundy, Burgundy, Burgundy Red. Like, and I, I realize that Beaujolais is... Right next technically, door. well, it's technically Burgundy. For the, the Beaujolais winemakers who grow Chardonnay, if they don't want to make Beaujolais Blanc, they can sell it to the Burgundians and it can well, become didn't, didn't Burgundy, we, right? Yeah, I mean, that's, and, but the thing is, it's greater Burgundy. And when you're in snob mode, you want the Cote d'Or, which is Cote de Nuit, Cote de Bone, and one would include the Cote Chalonnaise, to be the only part of Burgundy. When you're in not snob mode, <laughs> when you're in non snob mode and you need some Gamay, to make single vineyards or not of, or Beaujolais village of, you quickly call Beaujolais Burgundy. Now, a few years it's, ago, they allowed Gamay and Pinot to be blended and actually made as a yeah as a as a Burgundy. Coteau Bourguignon. Yeah. And also, they have the Pastugrain, so there's different rules in different areas. Those are areas that are represented. Which but I as we're really, drinking... I think Louis Latour made one that I thought was just absolutely delicious. Like, wow. Oh, they make some good stuff. Yeah. So is this... So I'm not saying how many of these are Ontario. These could be all five Ontario. What I just want to know is, is Ontario in the world... Are they from the same year? Uh, They are mostly from the same year, and there's there's a couple that are a little older. But they're all over 12 years old. So does Ontario make stuff like... This is Ontario 12 years old. I'm going to say it's Ontario, uh, because that acidity is uh, is right on point. But the fruits, the fruits, full ripe... It's still, it's still got. It's drying, but I mean, it's, it's, it's drying, but it's still, it's like, um, yeah, like I, stewed strawberries. Are you going to reveal um, as we go? Or no, we? I think we got to go fast here. Get a couple under our belt here. Okay, I'm going to go. Uh, number one is Ontario, hundred percent. Okay, number one is Ontario. Yeah, and I think I'm going to. Do we like the clinking on camera? Because the clinking is happening as he pours it over Andre's mixing table. His hand is shaking. <laughs> okay, yeah. I don't like the nose on number two. Uh, I don't like the nose on number two. I think it's cork. I think it's cork. Let's yep. just taste it real quick and rinse our glasses. No, it's cork for sure. Mm. But it's crucial to the tasting that we say oh. which one th- this one is. It's, I think, it's I think bloody cork. I think we once had a South African wine on a ch- stump the chump that tasted like that, and it wasn't cork. So, but that one is cork. <laughs> How does the fruit come across? Look at the finish. Always look no. at the finish for terroir. Yeah, fruit, fruit is still... Uh, mm-hmm. like no. it's confected. To me, it's dead. It's, it's confected it's, fruit. It's dead because the... Uh, I'm not getting dried. I'm, I'm getting, like, confected and a little bit dried out. So where does that up. lead you? Po- Ontario. I think Sorry. it's warmer than Ontario. <laughs> I got I, I said I made... Uh, yeah. You yeah. guys are making sure. We may need a water rinse. I've got it right here. Another one. 
Okay, number yeah, that's, three. That, that's warmer climate than Ontario. I'm, I'm guessing it's it's, uh, it's it's Bordeaux, maybe. Yeah, it's Cork, though. Like, and it's hard to get through it, and I don't know what you guys are talking about. Okay, so... <laughs> you, so can get, you, can get the, no, you can get the fruit no, on it. No, it's dead. It's gone. It's finished. It's not... Don't even try on, to find Michael, Michael don't you remember, like... Don't trying? Michael Vaughn me here and try to see listen, past the cork. Listen, it listen, is no. Cork, no. And it is bad. Take stop, it back to stop. the CBO. Okay, stop. Just haven't you ever tried to watch TV, like, when you're trying to watch the channels that you couldn't get? With like the movies a, on it? Yeah, with the okay, fuzzy so TV. he's looking at the baby blue movie. That's what he's trying to, to get. Well, that's what it feels TV like. With, that's what the it feels like. Movie. The thing is, it wasn't, it wasn't so, so, like, I mean, it's, it was cork you know, too much you, to drink, but you can still taste something like so that. So I would like to say that the truth of a wine, in terms of the terroir, is on the finish. I want it to be on the nose, but I think you've got to have the finish of the wine to see what terroir it comes from. Yeah, that, that finish, is, that finish is warmer than Ontario. baby blue movie. Did you where, you grew up in Montreal? Did you have City TV there? Did you have the baby? No, no, no. But I've been in, I've been in hotel had, rooms. You Correct. probably just had boobs so remember, on TV you, in Montreal. You remember watching the snow on the screen, and you knew you were watching a pornographic movie or the Baby Blue on City, and you watch it, and then and then suddenly it would like freeze for a second, and there was a there was a boob on camera, and uh, then uh, it would it would go back to the fuzz, and it would, and, and as as a as a prepubescent young man, you'd go boob. He's looking back at his youth with great fondness. It was, it was like one of those moments on a Saturday night, and you're like, "Oh, mom and dad." Holy crap! Home, this you. is this is Kazis. Well, M- Montreal, you know, when you see snow on a screen, you don't look any further. You flip stations because we got enough snow there that you just don't want to see any more of it. So I was not going to sit in front of a TV for half an hour this is waiting not to yell. Run wine number three. This is not Ontario. I don't know. It depends on what the the vintage is, right? If you're looking at a, so we said twelve years, twelve old. years and older. We're in nineteen now, so going back. That's oh seven. So that's oh seven would be the the youngest. So oh seven is the youngest. Yeah. Okay, so if it's an oh seven, that's a really hot vintage. So you can get fruit like this. Yeah, but I don't think the oh sevens have held on like this unless this is I've. If this is Ontario 07, my hat's off to whoever made it because this wine's terrific. You're coming back to a basic tenet of my working life, which is. I think if you're mentioning names, I'll just mention the places I've worked. Because if I'm mentioning, oh, Calis and Le Clos Jardin and Lemelson and Chateau Genot Boulanger and Batchelder, Batchelder, I don't do that. I'm, I talk terroir, terroir, terroir. So this tasting is about Ontario terroir in, in Cabernet Sauvignon Merlot. Clearly not, I work with Cabernet Franc and Merlot with Kelly at Calis, but. Cabernet Sauvignon is not something I work with here in Ontario, and here I am trying to honor the Ontario thing, and we're having this great intellectual discussion. Well, I, I, I believe it's Ontario, and I'm even going to go uh, out on a limb. It's either a 10 or a 12. I don't think it's a 7, but I think it's a 10 or a 12. Because the 7s for you didn't last. And this so, is not uh, Ontario. No, I, I've tried some really good 7s. Uh, where we're sitting is where the, uh, we're in the Niagara uh, studio. We're at the table, and behind me I do have a 2007 uh, 30 bench. Right. No way. Right behind me, uh, where I'm sitting. I would be honored to taste that. Oh, well, I'd be happy to open it for you. So okay. we're talking about Cab Sauve, um, the son of one of the people we've recently interviewed. Number and I don't four. want to completely throw him under the bus, has told me that he believes that Cabernet Sauvignon is the most boring grape on the planet, mm. which I think is an interesting interesting comment. Oh, no, it's one of the greatest. he's never had Pinot Gris. <laughs> 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 which is great from uh, near Slovenia. Like in uh, Friuli, but I digress. I like Pinot Gris from uh, from the Okanagan. If we're gonna go, go off on a tangent, now you poured that back in the bottle. You weren't happy with that with number four. No, I gotta do a few podcasts today. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'm guessing number four is Niagara. Mm-hmm. That um, is lovely. 
It is, but it's got it's got a little hint of green to it, like a touch of green, but tiny bit. Like it's a whisper of um, not even the taste, but like the smell of a freshly cut garden green pepper. There's an herbal note to it, so uh, but that's not offensive. It's not full on. It's not full on. We couldn't ripen our fruit. It's just it's a note. It's yeah. Once I I did, I think this is not a hot vintage. This is a this is a uh, like an '09. This is this is an '11. No, you said seven was the youngest. Yeah, but you guys, whatever. It comes out. So you guys are still describing. That's the thing about blind tasting. You guys are still describing these wines accurately. What they are after, they remain accurately described. All right. Okay. Number five. I like that he's trying to make us feel smarter than we actually are. So did you say that uh, that seven is the youngest, or that um, seven is indeed the youngest? Is the youngest. Oh. So we're looking at seven and older. So all of these wines okay, are from so before then, I moved to Ontario. Okay. So then I would say. That that one with it, with its herbal note is like a, a like 04? An 04 or no an 06. the okay the, the 04s I have tasted have fallen apart way more than that there's still some there's still some vibrancy I'd to be, that I'd be surprised if that's hot vintage I I would I would say that is probably uh, cooler vintage I think what's happened since I moved here I'm a, a Quebecer who's lived in France and Oregon a lot. And uh, I mentioned that for those who haven't heard earlier uh, podcasts. And now go back it, and listen to them. <laughs> and I've been sure, not on record, but with amongst friends, I'm, I'm like, should Cabernet Sauvignon be grown in Ontario? And I think, as an Ontarian who who loves good wines made here, we have to look at these. And certainly, if there's any Ontario there so far, aside from the Corky one, they're they're aging well. Yes, also they're all aging well. Yeah, right. I did a tasting once with Ron Giesbrick, now of Niagara College, ex of Henry Pelham. And, and Peter Gamble and Anne Sperling, and I poured a Chateau Jeanding from China because I was consulting there, 150 bucks, a great Bordeaux, and a great Niagara Cabernet Sauvignon. You're consulting Wait, in you China? consulted in China? Oh, sh- that's that another <laughs> podcast. You're holding back on us. What oh, the f- Thomas? Sand Dog Peninsula. Oh, uh, on one for Andre. Yeah. Holy God. Okay, so here's the thing Brian Schmidt the, is making a lot yeah, of money from this. Thomas, podcast. what the hell? I know. Oh, yeah, he said hell counts, too. So does damn. Done. Jeez doesn't. Oh, so, wait, uh, but jeez is, might. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what happened was uh, the Canadian wine came off like the Bordeaux, and the Bordeaux wine came off green. So anytime you get a wine that's just shy of perfect ripeness, you get more terroir expression. We've talked about that before. Yes. But also the potential for slight green or in Cabernet France, slight bell pepper notes. Those are desirable to a certain extent. Yes. But when you put them, as I just did, after one that didn't have it, it makes it pop the slight greenness, which might be pleasurable on its own. And that's it. But also, for the record, I did not say that in a negative way. I also shied well, away from full on calling the the wine underripe. I just said it was a note that existed in the wine. It was herb- it was herbal, and I expected in an old one. Now that I realize that 07 is the youngest, Thomas, it's like so you then... think we're the the, the Bordelais here because if you want to want to insult a winemaker in Bordeaux, tell them there's an herbal note in their wine. You want to insult an Italian winemaker, tell them his wine's cork. Woo! They get upset by that. Oh, yeah. That's Number cork. five? It is not cork. It is the style. <laughs> the style of having an entirely corked exactly. winery. Having a corked wine. <laughs> winery, which is I also really, part. I really oh, like that is... style. Michael, I think Thomas the Cellar might be uh, better for ancient wines than yours. Oh, just hold on. I have some, treat. <laughs> I have some treats for both of you. You got some Kentucky okay. wines? I'm ready Kentucky for the reveal. Yeah, it was, it was with you that we drank that wine from Kentucky. Remember oh, that? Oh, yeah. I, I, how can I forget? I'm marked for life. In a good way. That one's very good, too. I want this to be Ontario. That's 07, and I think it's Ontario. It's got some really good acidity. It's got some really good structure. 
I'm going to say coffee. Can we go back to number one real quick? I'm going to say all but one is uh, is Ontario. I'm going to say you ha- you do have a ringer that's not Ontario. I'm saying it's a cork one. But I'm bummed. So okay. So nope. anything else we need to retaste? We're going to reveal in order. Okay. I got to okay. taste number one and see how it tastes. Okay. No, I'm good. So I'm what good. I what I tried to do was just lay these out in a way that would make all wines look good. I think I okay. failed slightly. Uh, I knew that one was corked, but it had to stay there for its fruit. Got it. Go ahead. Keep keep talking because uh, I did Here we go. So Here we go. Number one. Let's see what he's got. Okay, what do we got? What do we got? Number one. Number one, we both guessed we're Ontario. Yeah, right. Ontario. Did you taste it again? I did taste it again. Slight green right. note. I'm still not getting a green note from it. Chateau d'Agoussac, Au Meadow, 2004. Did that sucker wow. ever hold on? That was really good. Wow. I like that. So please write a number one on it. You, the, the, the theme of the tasting is about to be revealed. Well, it, was a, it was Cab Blends, was it not? It's going to be 2004. Yeah, no, no, no. You're going to love this. It has to do with your barbecue. Okay. Oh. It's got meat. Okay. <laughs> okay, number two, the corky one. Unfortunately, because it would have proved a big, big point, Spring Mountain District, Napa Valley, oh, Yverdon Vineyard, Terra Valentine. Terra Valentine. Expensive bottle that I got on my travels. And cork, the day you bought it. Yeah, and that had the cassis slight sweet ending, although it was dead dry. What's the percentage of alcohol in that, Andrew? We got 14.9 on the bottle. Okay. Okay, okay here comes the shocker. Okay. Um, okay, shocker. Yep. Ready for this? Number three. This is the one, wait, was this the one that was all cassis? This number or three was, number was the one where uh, Michael yeah. thought. Number three was, I thought it was a warm climate. Yeah, you thought it was warm climate. He thought number four was slightly green. Okay, yeah, I thought number, we both thought number four was a little green. Clark Holy Farm, shit. 2007, warm climate. Well, I guess it was that year, but fabulous. Seven was a good year. Good year. So this now, would have been Daryl Brooker who made this. I think it would this be Daryl. Daryl's last year. Daryl's uh, Daryl's start. Yes, Craig's finish. No, uh, Craig. Uh, no, Daryl. Uh, Daryl did the 09 vintage up to the 09. I think Craig starts in 10 or yes, half. Sorry, yes, yeah. you're correct with that. I yeah. think Craig blended this. We'll I, find out tonight. I don't, I don't think so. I, I believe Brooker, Brooker left after he dropped the 09 Sauvignon Blanc at twelve ninety five a bottle, which was outstandingly good for 10 years. Just keep going. What do you got? Number four. 30 Branch Red Vintage 2007. No! Oh! <laughs> You are so fast. Wow. Tell I, them what I, happened. Editorialize. I, I, found, I found my seven behind me, and I, uh, I was, I'm halfway through opening it. I don't know if I can now throw the back. Yeah, you can. As long as you, oh, you punched through the cork. I, well, I don't know if I went all the way through. Uh, you know what? We have uh, Wine geeks talking. Now we really, you know, that is. Uh, we have two bottles of the same wine open on the table. You know we what? Could try Let, it. Let's do it. Here's something. Okay, so we have two bottles of the same wine, the 07. Let's see. Uh, you said that, that Thomas is a. I'm more interested in selling than I do. Uh, well, so let's see if there is bottle variation based on this, uh, this 07. My seller's terrible. <laughs> so here we go. This is fun. So this was the, uh, the 07. This is really similar to, to what's in the decanter. A little, a little more woody, I think. I think you're a little more plummy. Yep. Yeah, a little more pureed. I think I like this one better. This is There's the no one. green note on this. There's no green note on this. No. You obviously have a degreened cellar. I, I uh, make sure it's ungreen. Uh, we call it Tom Green, but don't. Uh, don't There's a really it. strong cocoa note on this. That's re- that's actually, this is lovely wine. Wow, that's I amazing. like it. Yeah. You see, this is why I always tell people decanting 
takes you from A to Z too quickly. I really love watching wine evolve over the course of an evening. It's like it's like watching the first five minutes of elementary and then the last five minutes of elementary. You find out what the murder was and then you find out who killed them and you don't find out how they killed them. To me, that's what wine is, right? You open it up and just watch it evolve over the course of an evening. It's just really... So good. Yeah. So, but that's I a, had to decant because wine. of bottle shapes. So mine that I brought wine. is tighter, more focused, less rich here. But less complex. Yours is more complex, more plummy. But I poured not one right in the bottle. You you decanted. I think yeah, but I tasted it right when I decanted, oh, and it okay. was the greenest. Yep. And I and I thought, wow, I should have put it after the Bordeaux. And so the reason we had to put all these in milk bottles because of the shape of wine five, yep. which is the Trias Red, also from seven. So we've done. Oh. Wow. This is not an you know it's not an ad for Peller. Everything Peller did in Niagara of the top level, that's uh, number five here. Yeah. We've done everything Craig and Brooker did in that year, or Brooker did that I Craig am, finished or not, right? I, I, we're going to we're gonna have to text Craig. Well, the, no, don't. He's not coming to right the barbecue. Now. He's coming to the barbecue. That's the oh, whole fun. He is. That's, we don't like to tell everybody who's coming. Uh-oh, sorry. That was a breach of security. Nick's that. Well, it's not like it's live. I don't think I got you in there, Andre. No, nobody wants to see your ugly mug in my pictures. Uh, this 2007 Grand Red is... Uh, these are a fabulous bunch of wines. Thomas, thank you for bringing these. These yes. were really, really good. Could I have the, uh, the second pour of yours, please? Oh, the, yes. uh, of the red? Yeah. Hi. Here you go. That's good. And that's, that's, that's a great... Uh, that is a great... Uh, lineup of wines. I'd like to think we've learned something. Yeah, here's what we've learned. That bottle variation also... Bottle variation especially, yeah. I think also, so. Also, bottle variation, but also, um, Jesus. Like, the, that 07 Cab Sauve tasted warm climate to me. The, sorry, the 07 Cab Sauve, the Clark Farm, the Hillebrand. I thought these were, were fabulous wines, and I, yep. was, I was happy to taste them. And, of course... It's uh, really too bad that the Napa wine was uh, corked. And, and, of course... And Spring Mountain, especially. And because we have Thomas on the uh, podcast, we have obviously gone off on a tangent. With Cabernet Sauvignon. With Cabernet Sauvignon. And I'd like to mention, because uh, as a person, I'm interested in No Pinot in was harmed in the making of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the thing, is that that 30 Bench Red is from 30 Bench in Beamsville, closest to the lake you can get outside of Grimsby, okay. but on the bench. Yep. And here we have Clark Farm, which is clearly neither on the bench nor in... Four Mile Creek. Four Mile Creek. Yep. So now we have looked at, and you picked up in at least the first bottle, a slight greener note. So the bench is more elegant than Niagara Lake, but yes, slightly greener, even in 07. So it, it's interesting because Bordeaux would have those same contrasts between Saint-Julien, Margot, and, yep. and you know, Grave. So I think we've just shown that uh, Niagara can do it either way. And last thing I expected to talk about on your podcast was defending Cabernet Sauvignon in Niagara. But as I say, I digress. But I will say this before we close out. You are making some great Cabernet Franc at Calus, but that brings us to part of the Calus, which means we have to get on to some history. So we're we'll not do that in the next podcast. We'll try. Yeah, yeah. But Lord, but, but Tom, 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 listen. My counterpoint to you though is mm-hmm. you've stacked the deck. Though these are all wines from a hot vintage. This is Cab Sauvignon, a hot vintage. I would love to see what we would do with Cab Sauvignon. And granted, right. Cab Sauvignon, a cool vintage like 08s and 09s in Niagara. I don't think are still holding on, but. 
you know, let's take. You'd be eight, surprised about the nines. I think. Let's let's take eighteen though. That maybe was a challenging vintage. Maybe next time we should stack the deck with a bunch of eighteen Cab Sos from Niagara and just see how they taste. And maybe we'll do that next summer because it'll be a couple years old. And the gauntlet has been thrown down. We're gonna do that next year. We're gonna That's do. It. We are going to do Cab so from Cool Vintage cool Niagara and see if it still has a place in in Ontario. Somebody, t- somebody has to get in touch with us and say we have some of it. Uh, maybe Tenry Pelham, who probably has a very deep cellar. Uh, I'm uh, sure Peller, Peller would love to put their wines in there. The, put, the, put them in there. Maybe we should talk maybe to the, Maybe the guy from the winery whose son says Cab Sauv is a boring grape. I think they make it. Maybe we should get Craig and Thomas on to do a oh, podcast geez. together. We could do a full Cab Sauv roundtable. Oh, I got room for, it's out there. I got room for one more microphone on the soundboard. Perfect. And Let's, the other thing is, I you know, I think... Um, I remember reading as a kid, uh, Jancis Robinson's Vines, Grapes, and Wines, and she says, when you stick your nose in a great glass of Cabernet Sauvignon, it's like nobility. It's like royalty. And, and when it's really good, there's nothing better. It, it, Cabernet Sauvignon is really great. I love Cabernet Franc Niagara. We're talking about Niagara now. Yeah. And I think it has a huge place here, and we've only started to do it. However... Cabernet Sauvignon is, you know, it's 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 a stallion. It's a it, it can we only do it right, right three out of every ten years. But when we get it right, I think we get it. Well, right. we're going to see if we do it right three out of ten years next time on this podcast. And let's wrap it up. Some of those wines were pretty awesome, Andre. Yes, they definitely were, and it was super fun to open um, the two thirty benches side by side to see about uh, bottle and cellar variation, and also one decanted, one not decanted. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, it is um, it is one of the joys and kind of risks about aging wine is, is keeping in mind that not everything is going to age age the same way. Especially, I think, the, the farther you get from the day that the bottle is, um, is added to your cellar, um, you know, the, the wider the variations can get. There's so many factors that can go into it, right? But I, I think I think Ontario showed showed really well. Absolutely. On, on on the whole, I think, yeah, I I was I was quite happy with that tasting. Although, uh, I I much prefer being in the driver's seat of the dumping wines <laughs> than I am where you and Thomas usually are. Um, well, Thomas you know. Thomas did force us to taste the corked Californian wine. Yeah, that was not nice of him at all. I don't make him taste cork things. That's just. That's that's a personal preference. We all knew it was cork. It was yeah. just But he wanted he he felt that there was some educational value in forcing us to put that in our mouth. Uh that's what she said. Anyways, um <laughs> remember you can continue to support this podcast on Patreon. It's uh patreon.com slash two guys talking wine. Uh I'm Andre Peru from underwinereview.ca. I'm Michael Pincus of MichaelPinkusWineReview.com. Take it away. Good night. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to Two Guys Talking Wine on iTunes.